Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes today to tune in. We pray that no matter where you're listening from, these messages are engaging, encouraging, and relevant to where you are on your life's journey. We've been in a series called uh, Asking for a Friend, and we had, uh, it's a seven-part series, and so we're going for seven weeks right up till Easter. Easter is just around the corner, everybody. Can you believe that? And we have a late Easter this year. Uh, Thanks, Zach, uh, for bringing up my whatever table. Thank you. Zach is our first one here every single week. And he's one of the last ones to leave. And he has a very nice beard. So why don't you give uh, Zach a round of applause. Uh, Honestly, he was texting me yesterday uh, talking about like verses and, and what do you want on slides. I'm like, dude, you're like... my. I was like already zoned out on my Saturday. He was home working on making everything look pretty. So thank you, Zach. Uh, Much of what we do would not operate without Zach. And so thank you for doing that. But we're in a series called Asking for a Friend. Last week we talked about, I want to believe, but how do I know the Bible is legit? Uh, In September of 2017, Sean Lee and I and a dream team of about 58 people and, and kids as well, and students and teenagers, we launched Discovery Church. And, uh, and nearly every single week, which this is, this is why we started, we want to create a place for people to be able to dis- discover faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we started. That's where the name comes from. That's where, that's where all the thinking comes from. That's why we do what we do is because we want to create a place. And if you're here and you're exploring what faith might look like for you, we did it so you could have a safe place to explore Jesus Christ. And as nearly every week, people are making decisions to come into a relationship and to give this faith in Jesus Christ, Christianity thing, a shot. But when when people change their worldviews from maybe atheism, agnostic, Muslim, uh, Buddhism, whatever their worldview is, when when we change our worldviews so drastically, lots of times there comes questions with those worldview changes. And even if you're in a Christian worldview, you probably have some questions that kind of raise these like, I'm not really sure how I answer them. I'm not really sure where I stand or what I believe about them. And this morning, uh, that's what all this asking for a friend is all about. I want to believe, but we're going to tackle seven tough questions over the, over the next little while. We tackled one last week. Check it out on the podcast. Check it out online. Today, we're going to tackle another tough question. The one we're tackling today is really tough. It's really hard. Because one, that you could go so deep into it that 25 minutes, 25 months might not have enough to dive into it. So one thing that we really want to challenge us to do is that not, don't just take what I say at face value. But don't just take what you read in a book at face value, value. That you have to explore some of these questions for yourself and to come to an understanding and conclusion that sits well with you. But don't just Google it because there's a lots of false stuff on Google. Lots of people can, can say things. I heard somebody say this week that somebody was really good. He was, he, was a, he was a wordsmith. You can craft words really well. There's lots of people in our world that can craft words really well. But you need to explore. Some, we, need, we need to explore some of these questions for ourselves. Today, the question that we want to ask is, I want to believe, but why would God allow evil and suffering? 
Or another way to frame that is, I want to believe, but if God is real, why is there evil and suffering? And this is, this is a hard one, so I want to jump right in. I just want to pray briefly because I want God just to sort of take my words and, and formulate them through the Holy Spirit that we actually are inspired this morning to look at evil and suffering from a little bit of a different perspective. God, right now, would you do exactly that? And we give it to you in your name. Amen. Some of you might think that it's evil and suffering for a time change. <laughs> Some of you might think that it's, that it's suffering. There's white stuff on the ground when, when a family member is hanging out in Phoenix and you might be suffering this morning. Or you might feel that it's suffering because you drive a, a, a not as nice car as your neighbor. But the reality of it is, is that evil and suffering goes a little bit different than just surface level issues. Ronald Nash, who's a famous philosopher, said this, that every philosopher believes that the most serious challenge to theism, theism is a belief in a supreme being, was and is and will continue to be the problem of evil. There was a poll taken that actually proved this statement and it asked people, if you could ask God one question and you knew he would give you an answer, what would you ask? And the most common response was this. Why is there pain and suffering in the world? And because pain and suffering is very evident, lots of people would argue is that because there's pain and suffering, why would I believe, let alone serve with my entire life? I devote my life to Christ. I devote my life to God. But why would I devote my life to a God who says he is all loving and yet allows pain and suffering to exist? We look around, there's no trouble to see that, that Pain and suffering and evil exists. I remember one of the hardest things that Sean Lee and I had to walk through in ministry to this point, and I, I hope it doesn't get harder than this, but I remember getting a call from a student whose mom just got murdered from a domestic dispute here in Edmonton a few years back. Evil. You turn on the news. And some of us don't turn on the news specifically so we don't have to like subject our lives to this, this evil and suffering. But if you turn on the news, you read the newspaper, it, it's filled with evil and suffering. We see planes flying through buildings and we see bombs going off and, and people walking in with AK-47s into to, to bars and, and nightclubs in Florida and just making away with people's lives. The, the world, there's no trouble to see that evil exists. And when we see it and when we feel it and when we read about it, there's something that just doesn't feel right. There's something that grips us and say, man, that is not okay. For many of us, it brings a sense of lost and abandonment. It makes us sick to the core. You ever read something and you're not even like attached to it, but you read it and you kind of like feel this like remorse for, for people? This, this like, man, that is just not okay. And for many people, because these things happen and these things exist, lots of people want to say, well, I don't, I don't believe in God. I don't believe that he exists. Because if there was a God that says he's all loving, why would he allow this? But 
But I believe that there's a good reason that we feel like this as humans. I want us to switch our perspective a little bit when we talk about suffering and evil this morning. So many people would argue that because of it, God doesn't exist. But can we switch our perspective? And I believe the reason, or there's a good reason we feel like this, and I believe this reason will not pull us away from God, but actually pull us closer to God. See, many people will use the existence of evil and suffering to try to disprove Christianity and the existence of God. But the truth is, no matter what your belief system is, no matter if you're atheist, agnostic, Muslim, Buddhist, no matter what your worldview is, you still need to wrestle this question to the ground. It's not just Christianity and God put on, put on, put on the, uh, the questioning stand. Every worldview needs to be put in the same, the, the same uh, uh, observation and the same questions need to be asked. And wherever we find ourselves this morning, you have to ask the same questions, not just because of Christianity. We don't have time to look at every world vision or world vision, world uh, religion or worldview this morning. But we do have to wrestle them. This is what I'm saying. It's so much deeper. So if you find yourself in either one of the, a different worldview or even a Christian, a Christian worldview, you need to wrestle this question to the ground. But I just want to look at one very quickly that most of us probably have friends, have family members. You've heard about it before because we want to also resource us to be able to answer some of the tough questions that our friends or family or baristas or coworkers may have. And just for, for a moment, um, I just want to look at atheism for a moment. And now I can't dive into this. I'm not an expert. There are experts out there. But atheists would, would argue because evil and suffering exists in the universe, God does not. And they would go on to say that bad things happen because there is no such thing as a good and loving God. They say that God can't exist if there's evil. But just because somebody says it doesn't make it true, even though it kind of makes logical sense. This argument is literally just an assumption, and we know what assumptions does. You're like swearing in your head. I want to read something that's uh, a book that's been really helping me out. Hudson got into it a little bit. He's decided to draw a picture on the front. Uh, a book that's been helping me out quite a bit throughout uh, this series is a book by Mark Clark. And he quotes C.S. Lewis, who, is a, who actually came to faith through being an atheist. He tried to disprove Christianity. He tried to disprove that God exists. And he actually came to understand that there had to be a creator. And he quotes C.S. Lewis, and then he goes into something. I just want to read it because he says it so much nicer than I ever could. C.S. Lewis says, When I was an atheist, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got to this idea of just or unjust? What was I comparing the universe with when I called it unjust? Of course, I could have just given up my idea of justice by saying that I was, not, or was nothing but a private idea of my own. But if I did that, then my argument against God collapsed too. 
For the argument depended on saying that the world was really unjust, not just simply that it did not happen to please my fancies. Then Mark Clark picks up and he says, if we take God out of the picture, the problem becomes even bigger. And that's where the atheist finds himself if he is honest. When I stood over my father's casket, there was something within me that knew the reality I was experiencing was disjointed and wrong. And that was, and, and that was an assumption of a way that the universe was supposed to be, and that was not it. The Bible says that this is because God has put eternity in man's heart. That we are designed by a creator to live in a world without sin and death. And this is why we long for beauty, justice, love, and peace. We were made for a different world than the one we live in. And the feeling of disorder is one of nostalgia. We would not have these moral categories unless God had given them to us. When I read that, I started to think about the argument of evil and suffering. God must not exist. Why is there kids dying and starving in our world? Why are kids sold into slavery? Why are people killed daily? What if we've been looking at the idea, or what if we've been looking at this problem all wrong? See, it's really easy to look at evil and suffering proves the non-existence of God. But if, what if we shifted our perspective and said that evil, don't, evil and suffering don't disprove God's existence, but actually rather proves God's existence? Let me explain for a moment. Most people would believe that evil and suffering, killing an innocent person, abusing a child is wrong. Some would even say that being victims in a tsunami or earthquake is, is a form of suffering. But because we acknowledge these categories of evil and suffering poses this question. Where do these feelings of that being evil or suffering actually come from? Where do we get the idea of human beings as important or of value? We mostly, we would probably believe and agree that there is a way that things are supposed to be. There's a moral code. There's the things that are, are wrong or things that are right and killing somebody is wrong and abusing somebody is wrong. But, but where did we get those feelings in the first place? Where did we get the idea that a human life is actually worth something? Because when we see suffering, when we experience it, when we see evil, there's something that goes off in our inner person and says, that's not okay. And there's something that goes off on our fingertips when we see it as a feed in, in Facebook. That's not okay, right? We, we, like, all of a sudden, man, I'm like, that is not the way the world is supposed to be. And we're quick to respond. But where did those convictions 
about that actually being wrong come from? When we see evil and suffering existing, we're probably thinking, man, that's pointless. Nothing good can come out of that. Actually, that's an argument made by a guy by the name of J.L. Mackey. He says, if God exists, he would not allow pointless evil. And because there is so much unjustifiable, pointless evil in the world, the traditional God cannot exist. If I pose another question, how do we prove evil and suffering, in fact, is pointless? How can, how can, or we cannot research every incident and determine that no good came from it. But on the flip side, history would actually prove and show us that actually it probably points in the other direction. That evil and suffering, in many cases, makes us better individuals. Some of the greatest lessons we've ever learned and ever will learn will come on the other side of our suffering. Some of our strength as humans actually come on the other side of suffering. I'm always inspired when I see Vianne roll in. She would not be the first one to say her life has been easy. Has there been elements of, of suffering and pain? I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, fan, I'm actually cousins with her, so I know, I know the story. You can actually get her book, and, and it's, it's all laid out there for you. There's pain and suffering. But she's one of the most joyful people I've ever met. Her smile lightens up a room. She's actually been put on stages on world levels and in schools to, to talk about this very thing. But without the suffering... Would there be any good? Would she have the same platform to talk about, about life and, and, and about pain if some of the suffering never existed? Do we pray for suffering in our lives? I don't think we go that far. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I, that's something I've been wrestling with this week. God, if something good can come out of it, should I open myself up to whatever needs to happen. Suffering more often than not seems to make us stronger and in the end, we are better off because of it. Romans 12, 1 says, I encourage you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Can I tell you something? Sacrifice hurts. Sacrifice is painful. Laying your life down for something makes no sense if there was no greater good. I think God's a good father and he's about a greater good. Literally 50% of mornings when we wake up, Hudson wants a treat from our treat cabinet. And our treat cabinets, uh, we've actually started putting like healthier snacks up there at times, like protein, little protein bar kind of things, because we're like, well, let's give them that instead of a chocolate bar. But he usually wants it when he wakes up in the morning. 
And I'm trying to be as good of a dad as I can be. And I say, no, Hudson, we're not ready for a chocolate bar yet. You've got to at least wait till afternoon. It won't be good on your belly. And he screams and he takes the stool and he, and, he, and he drags it over in front of the cupboard and he gets up on it and I take him down. He's screaming at me and he doesn't even always scream really nice words. He, he's like, it's, sometimes he calls me S-T-U-P-I-D and I'm like, where did you get that? Stop watching TV. <laughs> Toy Story, Seriously. Who knew so much evil could come out of a dinosaur and a little woody person flying over the world? But I, I try to be a good dad, and I don't give my son a chocolate bar in the morning because I know that that's not going to create a very uh, a fun boy or a healthy boy or, or a pleasant boy in the afternoon. I wonder if God knows what's going to happen in our future. And that as a good father, he is willing to see us go through some pain and suffering, some evil, because he knows it's going to be better over here. And that it's going to make us a better person if we walk through some of this today. Because over here, we're going to stand and it's going to be a part of our story that's going to make a difference in our world. Look at Joseph. I can't, I can't look into detail, but I can tell you some of the, some of the points of his, of his life. Joseph is, in, is found in Genesis, one of the greatest stories in the Bible. He was sold into slavery by his brother. He, he was lied about by his master's wife, thrown into prison. He, he was forgot about. Eventually, he gets released, and he gets, uh, he gets elevated to this place of authority in his land. And his brothers come to him in a time of famine. He was in control of all the food. And his brothers don't know it's Joseph. And eventually, he gets to the point that he reveals that it's Joseph. And Genesis 50, 20 says this, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. See, we're quick to think that suffering and evil has to be pointless. We're quick to think that nothing good can come out of this. The reason we struggle so much with the concept of of purposeful suffering today, specifically in our Western world, is that we, we think that the point of our lives are to be happy. And when we get caught up in the lie that our, our lives are to be happy, we think that what we're going through today that doesn't feel very good cannot be from God because I'm not happy. But can I tell you that happiness is, is just a, a, an emotion, not a state of being. I'm not talking about joy. You can be joyful in the most, the darkest times of your life because joy comes from the Lord. But happiness is an emotion just like sadness. And if we didn't have sadness, we would never know what it was to be happy. But we, got, we get caught up in this idea that we think that our lives are all about being happy. So in our pain and in our suffering and in an evil that happens, we're kind of like, oh, well, God can't exist because if God existed, and he wouldn't allow that to be happening to us. But I can I say that maybe that's actually pointing us that God is actually wanting to make us a better individual because when we become a better individual and we walk through stuff, guess what? He's going to give us a place of a platform to be able to talk about his goodness. So I'd like to challenge us to say this this morning. Is that the argument that says that God does not exist because 
of the existence of evil and suffering is not a strong argument at all. It's an easy argument to make. It's really easy for our friends and our, and our family and our coworkers to say, well, why? They, and most people think that the point of life is happiness. But if you dig deeper, if you look into this question a little bit more, you will find that this argument doesn't have a leg to stand on. It seems to me that it's more realistic that when evil and suffering exist, there is a greater case for God. Because God is in the business of turning human evil into our redemption and salvation. Take the story of Jesus Christ, for example. One that changes our lives. If you're here today and you've made that decision to, to be a Christian, Jesus was crucified and killed. Was that evil? Absolutely yes. Did he suffer? Well, having nails drived through your hands and your feet and a crown of thorns pushed over your head and a, and a, and a, and a sword shoved into your side and beaten and bruised, uh, sounds suffering to me. But God wanted the greater to happen. God wanted there to be a way for salvation for all mankind. God wanted there to be a way for salvation for you and for me and for us and for Edmonton, for Canada and for the world. You might be in a season of suffering right now. Can I tell you a simple truth? God is aware. God's there. See, all other religions and belief systems and worldviews would say that God is distant and removed from human suffering. But Christianity says that God is not distant or removed from human suffering. Christianity, God actually took on flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. He didn't just, he's not just there in our suffering. He became our suffering. He didn't suffer, just suffer with us. He suffered for us. Paul writes in Romans 8, 28, we know that those who love God, or we know that for those who love God, all things work together for, for good. Not some things, not good things, but all things. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. I get that in a room like this, we might be happy, we might be sad, we might be dealing with death, we might be dealing with some financial issues, we might be on the break of a, of, of a marriage or a relationship ending, and we might be on a, on a mountaintop or we might be in the valley. But there will come a time when we look back 
And stuff might seem hard now, but we will say that the evil and suffering made it all the richer. It might be hard to grasp because it doesn't make your situation any easier hearing those words. It might even make it harder because you want an easy way out. You want, to believe, you want an easy way to say, God does not exist because of the crap that I'm going through right now. I think we're bigger than the easy answer. I think we're, we're, we're smarter than just taking the easy way out. In front of me, there, there, there are people who are willing to say, you know what? I'm not going to settle just because it sounds nice. One thing I love about Christianity, I love about the Bible, that it doesn't leave out the mess. If I was to write the Bible, there'd be a lot of stuff that I would leave out of this. Okay, if I was to write a novel, there, I would tell about all the good things in my life, not all the bad things as well. I think Paul writes it best. In Romans 8, 18, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. There are so many questions that you may have about faith in Jesus. Can I encourage you to explore those questions for yourself? God is not afraid of your questions. Rather, he welcomes them. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, and be sure to never miss an episode. If you find these talks beneficial, would you rate and review them? That would help others get connected to these kinds of talks. Have a great day. We can't wait to hang with you again next week.